This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Rocking along here on the KNC Masterpiece. It's Corey, Mike, and Joey today. Kevin's out. He'll be back. We don't know when, actually. Uh, you never know whenever it comes to health concerns like this. God. You think he'd be out if the Cowboys won on Sunday? Heck no. No, nope, I don't be think fighting. so either. And when I say health concerns, it's more like a sore throat kind of thing, and he would probably lose his vote, his his voice and not be able to talk. So it's not like it's some big health concern we have to be worried about. Uh, go ahead and tweet to him, though. If you want to, at oh, thank Kevin, yeah. tweet him. Mike, what would be your message from Tolo's today? Well, you said vote there. Ask him who he voted for most recently okay, and why. Just go ahead and text that Herschel over Walker. to him and see how that goes. He loved him because he uh, got the Cowboys championships by being traded. All right, so we're trying to trying to figure this out. We need the Tolos help. 877-881-1053, the truckwreck.com text line. What is what is the message? What's being what's going on with the Cowboys here? I guess the big question, who is making these moves? Who's making these decisions? Coaches are, sources are saying that, multiple sources are saying, George Edwards, Leon Lett, Skip Pete, Joe Philbin, all release, are being released. Other names, Rob Davis, assistant head coach, offensive assistant Kyle Valero, being released as well. And Mike McCarthy, this is where I was like, oh man, this is a Mike McCarthy, he's gone out of here kind of situation. He's moving on, they're moving on from whole coaching staff Sean Payton already said, here's my list of coaches. Go find them for me. This is where, though, I'm like, they wouldn't let Mike McCarthy do a press conference at 3 o'clock. Is that tomorrow or today? Today. That's today. Today on at the 3 fan. o'clock. Yeah, on the fan. It'll be right here doing the G-Bag Nation. They wouldn't let him do the press conference if they were moving on from him. This is So... I'm wondering, Mike, is this, they said, we're moving on from these contracts. Good luck, Mike McCarthy. Or Mike McCarthy said, hey, I want some new coaches in here anyway. These were all kind of carryovers from the past. We got to get better. Great question. I honestly have no idea what's going on. I'm not for this. I'm not against this. Um, It makes me wonder. It's just a theory. Do they already know Dan Quinn is accepting a job somewhere and they already know who their actual next defensive coordinator is and they know that defensive coordinator wants those spots available uh, for a couple of his guys to come into? We know that the Jones family, for the most part, does not allow coaches to pick their staff. You have to be Bill Parcells to be able to have that type of power. Uh, So... I'm just wondering. I don't know. I'm throwing theories out there. This is not like, oh, I believe this. I don't know why. If I look at Leon Lett, Mm -hmm. Tampa Bay and San Francisco, the playoff games, I thought the defensive line played pretty darn good. I I thought, obviously, they dominated Tampa Bay, and they were really good for the most part against San Francisco. So 
I don't know how to blame him. I don't know how to go, man, all right, fine, they were good in the playoffs, but they were horrible in the regular season. No, they were pretty darn good in the regular season. They obviously had issues when Hankins got hurt and when they didn't have Hankins. But I don't know. I I don't know. Uh, For Fieldman, I know that there's been a lot of criticism about him. But I thought the offensive line had a good year this year. Yeah. Uh, I thought they did a good <laughs> Just job. Just a lot, didn't they? Right. There's a lot of adjustments. They uh, they did good for the running backs for the most part. They did good for the quarterbacks for the most part. So to say, well, he had a bad year or they underperformed. I don't think you can say that. So I'm confused on these firings because Tolos, I'll throw it out there to you. Text in, uh, tweet in, uh, twitch in is... Does it matter to you that they let go of positional coaches? Because for me, I'll just say me, head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Those are the coaches that, to me, make a major difference. Yes. And then if if one thing is really bad, if the secondary was horrible this whole season, I would be like, okay, man, the secondary is horrible the whole season. You got to get a new secondary coach. Like for me, the only coach that I would fire, and it might not be his fault, I would fire the quarterback's coach. Okay. And I would say, I got to get through. Dak Prescott, to me, sounded like a drug addict this year. Doug Nussmeyer, then. Nussmeyer. All right. He Here's Dak Prescott. He sounds like a drug addict all year. Ah, but I'm going to stop it next week. And then you'd see another interception or two, and he'd be like, don't worry, next week. And then you're like, well, you turn back to drugs again, Dak. And he's like, but next week, I'm telling you next week. And then he wouldn't. You're like, all right, man. He stayed off drugs. Uh-huh. And then the next week, you're like, you're back on drugs, Dak. And he's like, don't you worry. I know eight out of ten times I've done drugs when I told you I wouldn't. But next year, I'm not doing drugs. He's, But he's, Mike, okay, in that instance, maybe he was just waiting for his new season's res- resolution. All right? <laughs> for that yeah. Moment, but I, just, I think all right, that, like, once the season's over, then I'll stop. And it might not be <laughs> Nussmeyer's fault. Yeah, I mean, right. But I would hire somebody new to, like, we have to get through to Dak because even though he's saying he knows they're wrong he knows he shouldn't do them we all know that not all of it is his fault we know that sometimes you hit a dude in the chest and it pops up and there's nothing Dak can do when you hit a dude in the chest and they don't catch the ball and it goes into some other team's hands I totally get that they're not all Dak's fault but enough of them were Dak's fault where you go hey we gotta get somebody else in here if we're gonna keep the offensive coordinator and we don't know that yet but it sounds like they're leaning towards that gotta get somebody in here to help him out on these bad reads that he is making more than most other NFL quarterbacks. Yeah, and I mean, that is kind of the carryover with the conversation with Kellen Moore and Nussmeyer and what they're trying to accomplish. And I, I honestly, that's the the other thing too that I would love to sit down with maybe McClay, Quinn, one of those guys and have the conversation of, all right, so how much of your job is drawing up the plan and installing it and how much of the assistance jobs are making sure they understand all the nuances of your installment? Like, that's one thing I would love to know a little more about, because then we can figure out some other things, too. But you you have a really good thought on if they know Kellen Moore is going to Carolina, which I believe that Chris Richard is, is interviewing over there as well. If they know that Dan Quinn is already moving on, then they are probably starting to clear some way there. What's interesting to me, and this is from the 806, Philbin and Rob Davis are huge because those are big, close guys to McCarthy. They are big McCarthy guys. Joe Philbin coached with McCarthy for a very long time. We talked, I thought for some reason he'd been around here, but he was with McCarthy for a long time, and Rob Davis is essentially his right-hand man. 
So that's where I was like, oh, man, lots of concern for Mike McCarthy. Why would you take away people that are that close to him that help him gain the structure that they've had this year, which this was a team that really did continue to battle through things easily a lot of times. Like 12 wins is not an easy thing to come by. Ask right. Jason Garrett. He didn't do it that often. Right, and, and I, I think to your point, I am a Mike McCarthy fan in this. I do think you're limited as the Cowboys coach. I think he's way better than Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett in his wildest dreams could never win 12 games in a row in the NFL. He's just not a good enough coach. He's a below average coach. He's a below average offensive coordinator. He's a below average uh, head coach. And we saw that play out for over a decade. I think Mike McCarthy is an above average coach. Now, I think there's going to be a lot of Cowboy fans that don't agree with me on that. I don't think... He is Shanahan. I do not think that he is Andy Reid. I don't think he's Bill Belichick. I don't think he's McVay. I think there's probably a good five to ten people that you tell me they're a head coach in the NFL, and I will tell you, they are probably better than Mike McCarthy. But you also have to realize most coaches don't want to be here. Mm -hmm. The best of the best don't want to coach the Dallas Cowboys. There's restrictions and limitations as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. So for the restrictions and the limitations of being the Dallas Cowboys head coach, I think Mike McCarthy McCarthy is a great fit here. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you on that at all. I'm kind of looking at the fan text right now, Mike. One person from the 816 says, guys, all these issues with Dak are things that should be discussed with young quarterbacks, not seven-year veterans, red flag, red flag. I think you got a valid point. I also believe that this dude has been with one thought on how football is played, and that was the Jason Garrett, uh, Linehan, now Kellen Moore, and right. that's, those they were all together. Right. So it makes sense if you're McCarthy to look at it and go, well, I can clear myself and rid myself of maybe some of those things. Those habits are going to pop up, those, those feelings of I have to do this, but maybe a new voice, maybe a new theory, a new philosophy on how to play quarterback would help him just a little bit. It just, I'm trying to, my big thing is trying to figure out what Jerry and Steven are trying to accomplish. Yeah. What the, because Steven wanted McClay. He sold McClay to Jerry. Yeah. There's, McClay's and, good. Yeah. And, or I'm sorry, not McClay, okay. McCarthy. McCarthy. Okay. Yes, McClay's good too. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. The, but the, but he sold McCarthy to Jerry. He sold the whole family, sold it to Jerry to make that decision. So that's where I'm trying to figure out how he still feels about it and where their, where their next move is going to be. Yeah. And that's where, I just don't think Cowboy fans, correct me if you feel different or support me if you feel the same way. I don't feel like whoever replaces Leon Lett is going to make the defensive line much better. I don't think whoever, maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe that is a trim the fat kind of thing that Choppy was talking about. There are some assistants names and maybe Jerry's like, we don't need those guys. We let's go ahead and have you, you do your job and we'll, we'll be fine. We don't have to have all these assistants. I, I heard, I saw a tweet from Kevin Gray on the get right always listen to the get right with Kevin Gray and Reggie and he said this is Jerry or this is the Cowboys putting Mike McCarthy on notice for next year and I don't do you feel that way that didn't he kind of already get put on notice last year and then you saw Mike McCarthy going on interview tours and all this trying to discuss it I would say he's on notice that if they miss the playoffs he gets let go but as long as he makes the playoffs He's going to be the coach of the Cowboys the next year. Seems reasonable. Yeah. 
and, and keep doing that, and you're going to have a better shot than, hey, you don't know. Like, you can go back to the Jason Garrett era, and you never know if you're going to make the playoffs. I think people get confused on when Jerry's been quoted 100 times on this station, I don't have time to have a bad time. That's not about winning Super Bowls. It has nothing to do with winning Super Bowls. It has. He wants to have a good time in that Frisco office. He wants to have a good time at the football games. He wants to have a good time in the locker room. On the it airplane, on the bus. With, right. yeah. It has nothing to do with winning and losing. The The good time is how he doesn't want to deal with a Bill Parcells ever again. And he never will. And, and I think... I think people get confused on that. When I listen to the national people, Corey, and they're like, hey, Dak Prescott, this is last year's Cowboys quarterback if he doesn't get to a championship game. No, it's not. Yeah, that hey, makes sense. McCarthy's going to get fired if he doesn't go to a championship game next year. No, he's not. If if the Cowboys win 10 games next year, which would be two games worse yeah. than the last two years, 10 games will get you in the playoffs. They will be a wild card team. That keeps our audience grows as the season goes because 10 wins is the greatest thing to Cowboys fans. I know you say you want more, but you're so engaged. There's so many storylines throughout a 10 win season. And then you do make the playoffs. That's a good time. That's Jerry's good time. And Mike McCarthy's not going to rock the boat. Yeah, no. He's he's not going to do anything to upset Jerry and say, Jerry, get the hell out of here. Jerry, shut the hell up. That's Parcells and Jimmy. He doesn't do that. Then I, I let's try and figure this part out then. Do you think this is Jerry Jones' decisions or Mike McCarthy's decisions on the coaching on these coach on this? Because I would say that I don't if think Jerry really makes decisions much Steven anymore. More, I think more. I think when we talk about it, Stephen and McClay are the ones. But I think Stephen and and McCarthy are pretty connected. So that's where yeah. I would say that they feel like you know what he does need to have some reasonable power here. Yeah. And did you think this coach was good enough this year? Did you think you got the best out of the position? If we need to move on, we need to. I think the Cowboys did as much as they could to give Mike McCarthy the best team possible. I thought that they had a really good team. Their quarterback didn't didn't succeed in the areas they needed him to the most. They have to figure out how to reboot that for next year. Now, Mike, tonight we do have the Rangers hot stove show and you're going to have Jared Sandler in the get right tonight from 7 to 8 in the performance showroom downstairs at this building. Taylor Hearn and Brock Burke are going to be here. This is a fan event, baby. Yes. Show up. It's free. Have a good time. Enjoy it. And during Baseball Nuggets, we're going to be giving away Rangers Fan Fest tickets during your segment, Mike. Which That's is for Saturday. You. Yes. And also, if you're not sure, you're like, wait a second, what is going on? Follow Jared Sandler on Twitter. He's tweeted it 47 times in the last 24 hours. Follow I, the fan on I Twitter. I don't know how he did it, but he set an automatic <laughs> alarm every 30 minutes to tweet this out. He's really good at that. So, anyways, <laughs> if you need to know the details, Jared Sandler has them on Twitter. All right, coming up next... Coming up next, this is this year's a little weird. It's always about quarterbacks, but could running backs decide the championships this weekend? Next on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan, Mike and I have a conversation off-air about the uh, the bodies of the NBA players and whether load management's a real thing. We can get into that later on in the day. We do, again, have tickets to give away uh, for Rangers Fan Fest this weekend coming up at 1040 in Baseball Nuggets. And we just got an email from the Cowboys that I wanted to add to our conversation that we were just having moments ago. And then we'll get into the conversation, Mike, about quarterbacks and running backs this weekend in the big games. The Dallas Cowboys announced coaching staff update. Mike McCarthy is this is the from the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy announced today that the team has not renewed the contracts of the following coaches. Rob Davis, assistant head coach, George Edwards, senior defensive assistant, Leon Lett, assistant defensive line, Skip Pete, the running back running backs coach, Joe Philbin, offensive line and Kyle Valero, quality control analytics. McCarthy then added, look, these guys' dedication, contributions to the Cowboys. Each of them represented our team and organization at a high professional level. Uh, it's difficult decisions to make. Great respect I have each for each one of these guys as coaches, person of their character, combined with the experience we've all gone through together. This is the hardest part of the job and of the business. I wish them nothing but the best. I think it's interesting and telling that Mike McCarthy, like, I, I don't know if it's just the Cowboys going, well, you, you, this is the call you want. You make the decision. You go put that out there because this does sound a little bit like a GM would make that uh, announcement rather than the head coach. But Mike McCarthy is the one that has the announcement here on the Cowboys email. Again, three assistants, a quality control guy. I think significantly a running backs coach and offensive lines coach that stands out to me especially with how good Tony Pollard was this year. But then again, I guess if you weren't able to get the max out of Ezekiel Elliott for whatever reason, whether it was blocking or the fact that Zeke just doesn't have it anymore, I think that's very telling of what they want and what they didn't get rather than where you got with some of the other guys. George Edwards, a senior defensive assistant, but not necessarily a specific coach in any way. But he's really good at what he does. He's really good at what he does, but I feel like that might be a little fat trim and then looking at the offense going, hmm, maybe it is a sign that Kellen Moore's gone. So lots of things still will trickle, percolate uh, through the next couple of hours, I'm betting, and then whenever 3 o'clock rolls around on here on the fan and the G-Bag Nation, you'll get Mike McCarthy answering questions to all of the media. So that'll happen later on in the day. We'll try and figure it all out as we go along. Question, do you think that Steven and Jerry will be on the podium with McCarthy or that they will stay away and have McCarthy answer all the questions? I don't think they'll be there. And and mostly because I haven't seen anything that says they will. Because if you are Clarence Hill, if you are John Mashoda, don't you try to start asking the questions to Jerry? If he's up there. Yeah. I know maybe I'm doing a bad job here because honestly I might be scaring away. Not scaring away, but going maybe Jerry's like well I shouldn't be up there but like if I'm if I'm asking questions I'm going to try to mm-hmm. if if Jerry Jones is up there I'm going to try to ask Jerry a question rather than Mike because or Steven. I think Jerry might I know but Steven no, no, Steven you, will say at the end of the day Rank up real quick is 
Jerry, Mike, then Steven, in that manner of getting information out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because you, I'm you, just thinking Jerry might say something that leads us to, oh, I guess Dan Quinn is taking the indie job or, yes. you know, something like that. Uh, it, it is the wildest thing when because people will come on our fan text, truckwreck.com text line, and say, Jerry Jones, I mean, he says nothing. He's the master of saying nothing. But there are a lot of times where you can you ask him the question, he'll tell you, uh, and Kevin says this a lot too, he'll tell you I can't talk about that and then give you a four-minute answer on exactly what you asked that he just said he couldn't talk about. So I think that I don't think they'll be there. I think they'll be you know, somewhere else in the office, somewhere maybe on the yacht. Uh, but I don't. I think it's all Mike watching McCarthy. Watching film for the draft. Yeah, I think it's all Mike McCarthy. Yes, exactly, Mike. They are currently watching linebackers from Arkansas. They're watching all sorts of guys right now. Trying to find that next turnover machine, Chris Godwin. Probably so. Uh, turnover. Hey, we didn't get a turnover from him, though, did we? We never got him to turn the ball over, He fumbled, did he? but they ruled him down. Oh, dang it. Well, maybe that's what he was thinking was maybe, just maybe, Donovan Wilson will hit him so hard that he'll fumble. He did hit him that hard at one point. So, again, I think it's going to be Mike McCarthy on the podium. First question is going to be, he's probably going to make a statement about, you know, letting those coaches go, may open up to a few questions, and then we'll find out more about the direction of where the Cowboys want to go next as they've made some pretty big decisions already with their coaching staff. Now, I saw this from Maurice Jones-Drew on NFL.com, and – I find this very interesting because, Mike, we were ranking the quarterbacks yesterday, and I can't remember. What was your ranking of the quarterbacks? Was it Burrow, Mahomes as injured, or did you switch them back because you watched him walk? I guess I was following doctors on Twitter, watching him walk up and down the steps, and I guess more down the steps, and they said, oh, you can – as a doctor, you can see there's a little bit there, and I totally get it, man. I I called up, you know, one of my doctor friends, and I said – Help me out here. How is he walking like that? Uh And he said, they're superhuman people, Mike. And he said, here's the deal. He goes, remember when Giannis looked like he tore his knee up in the playoffs? And it was like, it's over. You saw it. Like, you can see, like, how his knee buckled. And that would usually be a torn ACL for 95% of the population and probably over 50% of NBA players. But for him, it, like, hurt him for a few days. And then he went out and won an NBA championship. And it was like, yeah, my knee's just fine. And he's like, maybe. He's like, I don't know. He's not Patrick Mahomes or the Kansas City Chiefs doctor. But he's like, maybe this dude is one of those superhuman guys that, not that he's going to be perfect for Sunday, but he's able, like Giannis, when he blew out his knee, except didn't blow out his right. knee, yeah. that he's just able to take that and – be able to play on it at close to 100%. Yeah, the will to want to and the ability just to be physically what they are. I was I'm wondering because this is the quarterback league. We talk about this all the time. The quarterbacks drive this league. You have some good quarterbacks playing on Sunday. Do you believe in Brock Purdy? Do you believe in Shanahan? Yes. Okay. I believe in Shanahan. Purdy, I'm still question mark all on. Right. Burrow, you believe in a lot. Yes, I think for Purdy, what he's done so far is he showed that he can really put up points against Seattle. And then against Dallas, I'll tell you what he showed. He showed the early Tom Brady situation that I won't lose the game. Right. Yeah. I, I know my defense is good. I'm not going to be the one to screw everything over. Yeah. So it's just still a question mark on what if he has to win the game against Philadelphia? What if San Francisco's defense does give up 24 points? Yeah. Can he put up 27 or 30? Or... 
does he just play a conservative game again and go, I'm not going to turn the ball over. I'm not going to make any risky passes. I'm going to rely on Debo and Aok, uh, not Aok, but uh, uh, Ayuk. Ayuk. Uh, and and uh, an illegal Christian man Mc- downfield, yeah, George Kittle. Right, yeah, obviously Kittle. I, I just, I just wonder. That's why I'm intrigued about Sunday's NFC game. I'm really intrigued on does Jalen Hurts look like a top five quarterback in the NFL? Which I hate saying, but he did look like for most of the season. And then does Brock Purdy play the conservative game, or does he have to go make plays? The the other guys that are in the mix, though, here, for me, are very intriguing. And that is Christian McCaffrey, Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, Joe Mixon, and uh, Samaje Ryan, And then you also have, I mean, K- Gainwell ran for 128 yeah. yards. But I think also... Miles Sanders in that whole running game. I was looking at um, Mitchell. For San Francisco, because he, yeah. he had some big runs. And if if McCaffrey's calf is jacked up, yes, which it seemed like at the end of the game it was against the Cowboys, because they went they kept going to Mitchell. I'm like, what are they doing? And then they had to really sparingly play McCaffrey in the fourth quarter. I'm wondering how much is Mitchell going to? Is it going to be a split situation to try to keep McCaffrey's calf okay? When when I made the decision early in the year, Mike, that I thought that San Francisco would represent the 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 NFC in the Super Bowl this year. That's, Big Trey Lance guy. It, well, it was less about Trey Lance and more about their running game and how physical. And somebody was like, "How can you not be a physical running team?" I was like, "Well, I mean, they're they're teams that try to finesse it, but they run hard." They hit you hard when they block. They knock you out. They play a physical style of run. And Elijah Mitchell was the running back at the time. He got hurt early in the season. Most of his career has been these weird uh, injuries that have just been, ah. But you, when you watch him run, you're like, wow, he picks up yards. And I drafted him in multiple fantasy leagues and was like, all right, this is this is the year. They had to make the decision to go trade for McCaffrey because Elijah Mitchell was out. I still thought they could have done it with him. So I think you got a really good point. McCaffrey's injured. They know they can rely on Mitchell to pick up 10 yards if he, they need to. Now, I guess the the one question is, will he run out of bounds whenever they need to run the clock out? But that's a different story for a different time. But do you think that this could be instead of its quarterbacks that make this these two championship games go? that the running game could be an even bigger factor. As we've been pointing out that RG3 says, you're going to win if you outrush the opponent. And 75% of the teams in all the playoff games so far, as we've gone along, 75% of the teams that have won have outrushed their opponent. I know this goes back in history, but I wonder if Ricky Waters in 94 outran Emmett Smith when San Francisco won. And the only reason I say that is re-watching that game, the Cowboys were down by 21. So they had to start throwing the ball a lot and throw it on Deion Sanders a lot too. Is I agree with RG3 in the sense that the team that runs the ball better wins because they're winning in the fourth quarter so that they can run the ball. If you're losing in the fourth quarter, especially if you're down by two scores, you can't really run the ball anymore. You know that you're limited to two to max three possessions maybe in the fourth quarter, and I can't run the clock on seven-and-a-half-minute drive and then be down by seven points with now five minutes to go because if they get two first downs, now I might be at two minutes or under getting the ball back. So I would just say that I hear what you're saying. I I understand the stats. I understand RG3, but I also feel like where the score is dictates sometimes your rushing yards. 
to what you ask, the uh, Ricky Waters and Steve Young combined, uh, as well as William Floyd, for 139 yards and two touchdowns. And Emmett and I think just Emmett and Kel- Kevin Williams combined for 99 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. So like they did get out rushed in that game. Emmett Smith's the better running back. Like right. like that's, that's Ricky a, Waters that's a, was a good running. Ricky back Waters back in was the day. good and effective. But like, and and maybe you're right. Late in that game, the 139. I would still say they probably outrushed them, but they probably got 40 yards in the fourth quarter. To your trying to trying to get clock going away. To your point, though, let's just take the NFC game first because they are playing at 2 o'clock. In the NFC game, and I know I'm running out of time here, but if Philadelphia or San Francisco runs the ball well in the first half, I agree. Like That that establishes a lot because both of those teams aren't really – I get they have great receivers in Philadelphia and there's a lot of big plays that A.J. Brown and Smith is. But it's really based off of – we're so scared of Jalen Hurts taking off that we can't just throw seven guys into zone coverage right. and not pay attention to the quarterback because if we're not watching the four guys at blitz, if they are rush, if they if they don't get him, he's going to run for 10 to 40 yards on this play. So we have to watch him. And then for San Francisco, you saw the Cowboys slowed down the running attack of San Francisco, which slowed down their offensive attack. So – that game means something important for Kansas City. I feel like to protect Patrick Mahomes, who I do they, think yeah. will be at eighty percent. If if for some reason they're two running backs, number one and the other Pacheco or whatever Pacheco his name, and McKinnon, yeah, then I would say wow, like they maybe are able to do something that I didn't think they could do against Cincinnati because if they're able to run the ball for five yards a carry, that does take some pressure off of Mahomes. Yeah, and you know you know P Ryan and Mixon will get their opportunities throughout that game to protect Burrow, but. I do think that's the one situation where it's the quarterback for sure throughout that game. Coming up next here on the KNC Masterpiece, it's Baseball Nuggets. Let's look at the second base position. Where does Simeon rank in the top 10 now? Getting to Baseball Nuggets in just a moment, but before we do, let's give something away. I wish I could scream, Mike, but I burned my throat last night. Fan Fest. Caller number 10 right now wins a four-pack of tickets to Texas Rangers Fan Fest going down at Globe Life Field this Saturday. That is January 28th. We're going to have a chance to get autographs from Rangers players and alumni. Run the bases, test your arm in the bullpen, say I can throw harder than Mike. Go deep in the wiffle ball home run derby and much, much more. Get tickets and info now at Texas or at Rangers.com slash fanfest, but you can call 877-881-1053 to get a four pack of those tickets right now. Hit it. Okay, so let's talk about baseball. We haven't talked about baseball Uh, In a while, we talked about the Hall of Fame yesterday, but let's talk about top 10 right now. MLB Network is doing it at every position. After they get done with every position, they're doing it on prospects, too. It's it's really great to just get to see these things. It's fun to go over. Well, they just released second base yesterday, and obviously the Rangers paid a lot for a second baseman. Where does he rank going into 2023? According to MLB Network's top 10 right now at second base, he is fourth. Uh, which is really nice. Last year, just to give you his basic stats, 26 home runs, 83 RBIs, uh, 25 stolen bases. So he had 26 and 25 when it comes to home runs and stolen bases. Uh, In that leadoff position most of the year, he had 101 runs scored. RBIs were at 83. 
I do think it's a little bit difficult to rack up tons of RBIs in the leadoff spot just because you can't get but one RBI your first at bat, and that would be hitting a home run to start the game. And then as the game progresses, you're hoping that the seven, eight, and nine hole guys are on base for you to drive in. And that's why usually you, back in the old days, you liked your best hitters being third and fourth because you're hoping two of your really good hitters would get on base for your best two hitters to knock in. The game's changed quite a bit in that. They want their best two hitters usually batting first and second. Uh, I get it. I understand how those numbers uh, pan out. But Simeon fourth, here's who's ahead of him. Number one is Jose Altuve. Obviously, he had a great year last year. Number two is the New York Mets' Jeff McNeil. I understand that most people aren't going to know who he is in the Metroplex, not following maybe the National League. And maybe that changes, Corey, because now you play every team. So if you are kind of a Rangers fan, you're going to see the New York Mets against the Texas Rangers every year. Now, will it be at home and on the road? No, it'll be you're either going to the Mets or the Mets are coming here, but you will get to see three games against the Mets every year. So maybe you start getting to know if I mention a guy that's a National League guy, like I'm not so sure about him. I only really watch American League Baseball. Then I think you'll get to know maybe some of the other players around the league a little bit better. I They got to figure out how to make fantasy baseball a bigger deal my reason being that's the only reason i know who jeff mcneil is yeah because a couple years ago he had a season i was like i gotta get this cat and i got him and he helped me out so i think fantasy baseball helps you know a lot more but i think you got a really good point and how do i know these other teams if i never see them in a season andres i say jimenez it might be jimenez it's with a g but he is the second baseman for the cleveland uh what are they guardians and I almost said the other name uh-huh. that I played for. Oh, my gosh. Is um, He was in the Francisco Lindor trade. In fact, their starting shortstop and starting second baseman are from the Lindor trade. Lindor had a great year last year with the Mets. I'm interested to see if he's the number one shortstop or if it's Trey Turner. That's coming out here, I believe, later in the week or maybe early next week. But he had a great year last year for the Guardian. Simeon is uh, fourth, and Brandon Lau of – I say Lau, it might be low – of the Tampa Bay Rays is the fifth second baseman. He didn't play a lot last year. He got hurt. A guy who is off the list who I really like, who could be a top five guy if he stays healthy all next year. I'm a big Ozzie Albies fan, okay. but he got hurt last year and missed the majority of the season. Uh, I, I wrote this down here. First of all, Altuve and Simeon are the only right-handed batters in the top five second baseman right now. And I just wonder, right? This is just going to be such an interesting thing is because there's no more shift in baseball, you just wonder when it comes to McNeil, uh, Jimenez, and Lau, is like how how do they do with only the second baseman being on that side of the base? Now, the shortstop's going to pretty much be playing up the middle. It's not like the shortstop has to play your shortstop position. He just has to be on the left side of the base. I don't know this rule either, Corey, and this is where we'll find this out kind of more in spring training, and maybe I should be asking more questions. As the pitcher pitches the ball, can the shortstop run to the other side of the base? Or does he have to wait till contact? Like if, is so, it, you're, so you're saying he can't make a play on the other side of the base now? Is it an automatic yeah. hit? Is it like a penalty in football? Like if the shortstop takes off and he jogs over to the other side and gets three steps on the right side of second base – as the ball is being contacted, are they almost like, hey, it's almost like a balk, and we have to somewhat say, well, let's see. They can accept whatever happens. He hits a double, they can accept the double. 
if uh, he said if we say no, he he shifted over too much, then it's an automatic uh, runner on first base base hit, or do you call it an error on the shortstop for moving over too quick? I don't know, but let me get into this. These t- these segments, I wish I had thirty minutes for. I don't. What I wonder about is Marcus Simeon playing second base now. I know he's going to play second base for the Texas Rangers, but I was watching Harold Reynolds yesterday or two days ago talk about Jeff Kent, second baseman for most people know him from the San Francisco Giants, but he played for other teams too. And he did not make the Hall of Fame, but he's getting closer and closer. It looks like he might have to get in through Veterans Committee and not get in through the vote. It might have been last year, his last year uh, on the ballot is – He was talking about his defense and saying Jeff Kent had to play in an era where the second baseman had the whole right side of the field. You had a first baseman who obviously primarily was there to catch balls at first base. The second baseman had the right side. The shortstop had the left side and up the middle. And nowadays, second basemen don't have to be defensive players at all because you shift so much, you're not asking them to have good range. In fact, we talked to Woody about it when he was the manager of the Rangers, and I asked him about it. He said, yeah. Nowadays, we don't have to worry too much about a second baseman's range because we can put them in positions where range doesn't matter as much. Well, it matters again because if the shortstop is playing pretty much up the middle and can't play the normal second base position, that means the second baseman's going to have most of the right side. Marcus Simeon is, to me, an okay defensive player. He was, by most standards, a below-average defensive shortstop. He got better as his career went along. Last year, I think he was rated pretty high as a defensive second baseman. Remember, there's not a lot of responsibility as a second baseman the last five-plus years of baseball because of the way that you play defense nowadays. But we're going back in time where there's no more shifts. And it wasn't like there weren't any shifts. So I just look at this. And this is where war, Corey, I don't understand war. I understand it, and I, I wrote this down. He tied for the second best war of all second basemen in baseball. Jimenez of Cleveland was the only person to have a higher war. He had a higher war than Altuve did. Altuve had a 5.1. Simeon had a 5.7. But this is where it makes no sense. In 2019, here's what Marcus Simeon's numbers were. 33 home runs. Last year, 26. 92 RBIs. Last year, 83. Runs scored. 123. This year, 101. Batting average in 2019, 285. This year, 248. His war was 5.7 this last year. What was Marcus Simeon's war in 2019 with 33 homers, 92 RBIs, 123 runs scored, 285 batting average, and an 892 OPS compared to a 733 OPS this year? Um... Will higher or lower? It just kind 5. of point get... seven. All right. And it was lower. All right. Which doesn't make sense to me. Three point nine. Zero point what? zero. What? They're saying he was an average shortstop. Remember in two thousand nineteen he played shortstop. Right. Okay, okay, but, okay. So you hit thirty three home runs, ninety two RBIs, hundred twenty three runs scored, a two eighty five batting average with an eight ninety two OPS. You're an all star and your war is zero? And then this year, all your numbers are worse. Literally, every number you could possibly have offensively is worse for the Texas Rangers. And your war is 5.7. Now, I get it's based off of what the average person does at that position. So in 2019, obviously, shortstops did better than what second baseman did in 2022. There's a lot of stuff that goes in that formula. But it doesn't make sense to me. 
There, it isn't. There isn't a. There's a defensive war too, though, right? right? Okay, right. so they're separate. This, this hitting war and defensive. Well, no, this war. is well. Overall, war is war. Okay, but like there is, they take defense into. Okay, and so what I'm saying is, is probably he got knocked probably in 2019 tremendously for defense. Okay, uh, because his offensive numbers are well above what he did for the Rangers. That being said, as I run out of time here. I do think Marcus Simeon can move up on this list from fourth to, I'll say second, just because Altuve, as much as we hate him here in Texas, and I totally get why you do, is I don't know if he can be better than Jose Altuve. He is, when healthy, just a phenomenal second baseman. I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. It'll be interesting when Altuve's career ends, if they hold the whole Houston Astros situation against him, or if they go, look, there's obviously one year, but after that year was over and they couldn't bang on the drum or they couldn't cheat as far as we know, he still was considered in 2022 the best second baseman in baseball. 2023, a lot of people are considering him going to be the best second baseman in baseball. But I think Simeon's numbers can go up because of what a start he had last year. He still had 26 home runs, yeah. 83 RBIs, and 101 runs scored. And he had a horrible six weeks to start the year. So if he's just average, which let's just say he's average for April and May, then I think his numbers get closer to 2019, where he had 33 home runs, 92 RBIs, 123 runs scored. And in a weird way, he lost 5.7 points on his war and was an average player that year. I will take the 2019 Marcus Simeon For over sure. the 2022 <laughs> Marcus Simeon, but his war says he was a much, much, much worse player in 2019. Well, I'm hoping that, you know, all that uh, all that barbecue that he can get nearby the stadium over at Hurtado, because I saw a picture of him eating over there. Oh, yeah. It's and good. Brandon was like, I can't believe, you know, Rangers pitcher or Rangers uh, second baseman's eating my food right now. That's awesome. So hopefully that'll help him out. It'll give him superpowers. All right, coming up next here on the KNC Masterpiece, it's time for My Buddy's an Idiot. Next on The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.